Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Hour number two, John Dickinson and Dan Devone. 888-957-9570. Talking all things 49ers and Seahawks. Niners at 0-1. Seahawks 1-0. Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times is going to join us coming up at noon. We'll get a little bit of the Seattle perspective on things as they did win their first game on Monday night against the Broncos. New era of the 49er-Seahawks rivalry with Russell Wilson no longer a part of it, but uh, the Niners not going to have to wait too long. They, they still get Russ this year. They just have to wait a week later and, and only one time as uh, he'll be waiting for him in Denver coming up a week from tomorrow night. 888-957-9570. Let's get to a couple of calls here, Dan. Uh, we appreciate Dave in San Jose holding through the break so we'll get to him right out of the shoot dave you're on 95.7 the game with jd and devon what's going on dave hey guys uh good morning jd great show as always um hey i think my biggest surprise with trey lance and it's uh, may soon be a disappointment is that play justin fields made last week made a guy miss gets outside of the pocket field opens up 50 yard touchdown to dante pettis I thought that's the reason we were making this move. That's why we were going to Trey Lance, because when a play breaks down, Jimmy was, Jimmy was done, Trey could make a play. And we haven't seen, and to the best of my knowledge, we haven't seen anything close to that yet from him, and that's supposed to be his strength. We've, we've seen him run the ball, but they've been designed runs. We've seen him roll out, but those are designed plays. And we did see him uh, on a third and seven, I think, last week, break about four or five tackles and get the first down. But I think that's the play where Justin Fields actually came out and said, hey, he can't keep doing that because uh, if he does, he's not going to last long. And so I don't know why that is. I mean, is he just so overwhelmed by the offense? Is there just so much pressure on him that he's just suppressing his natural instincts, which are to make a play like that? You know, interested in getting your thoughts. Am I missing something? Has he made a play? And I just can't remember it because I don't recall anything close to him doing what Justin Fields did last week. Interested in getting your guys' thoughts. Thanks. Thanks for the call. No, that, that's a really good point. I mean, we were sold, I think. <laughs> Dan, I hate that line, but I'm going to use it. We were sold by the 49ers that, that part of, you know, the, the dynamic ability of, of Trey Lance was the ability to, to escape and make plays. I know we're going to play a couple of cuts here throughout this hour. Mike Martz is one guy, and, and you can say, all right, Mike Martz, he's out of touch, whatever, and he he threw probably a little too much shade at Trey Lance, more than needed to be thrown. But the one thing that he did say is in in the couple of the conversations when he's been asked is he just like Trey just moves kind of slow like he just doesn't he doesn't move and escape like some of the other mobile quarterbacks do yeah that's a good rack quickly without having to think about your throws so you know just flashes the ball's out boom and if you have to think about what you're seeing then you're late with the ball and he certainly is late with the ball to me and not real accurate, and he's late with the ball. The other thing is there's a mental toughness and a physical toughness that goes with that, that you can you can fight through these kinds of things and come back out on top and play well. You know, in Kurt's first start for us against Baltimore, he threw three picks in the first half. He came back and was brilliant in the second half. That's when I knew we had one, you know. And hopefully Trey can do that. But I just, you know, it's unfair for me really to, because I don't see him every day, 
to know what he is as a passer. All I know is what I saw in that game, and it was very concerning to me. Yeah, so Mike Martz there, we'll, we'll react to that. Uh, that wasn't the specific cut there, Dan, relating to what we were talking about. I'll let you react to that, and then we can kind of react to what Martz said about the processing, decision-making, the, the mental components. Yeah, getting back to his escapability or the lack thereof in terms of him being an athlete and extending plays, I don't know whether that was attributed by a good defensive game plan on the part of Chicago by keeping him hemmed in and making sure that he didn't break contain. While he did run, but everything you saw him run was between the hashes and running inside the tackles, which is a tough way to make a living if you want to be a quarterback and have sustainability in this league. Justin Fields was able to get to the outside. And what I mean by that is that when you break contain and you get to the outside now, you have the ability... If you want to run as a quarterback, where the fate is a little bit more in your hand, you have the boundary, right? If you decide that you want to get out of bounds and avoid a hit, you can you can make decisions that are a lot more equipped to protecting yourself as opposed to having to run the ball right up the gut. What you want to see more in terms of... Now, listen, he doesn't have the speed like that of Justin Fields, who I think is a sub-4-5 guy, and I think he's like around 4-3, so he's not going to be that guy, but you do want to see him break contain, buy some time, get to the outside, and then make things happen. You didn't see any of that. Now, I don't know if just instinctively he likes to run in between the tackles, or again, J.D., you were there. Maybe partially you attribute that in terms of a game plan by that of Chicago, saying we're not going to let him get outside, but you didn't see any of it last week. Yeah, no, you didn't. It it was all the designed runs and the designed rollouts and and QB draw, QB power, even uh, on third and third and thirteen, they're running a they're running a QB off tackle play. I mean, it just it, it and and look, Trey is to bring it back to something that Martz did have to say, not in that cut, but in the other conversations. We'll, we'll paraphrase it. It's just you know he he looks like a fullback out there running it as opposed to. A guy that's that's able to to really you know move fluidly with with the raw speed. Like I think a, there was a backyard component, a backyard football component to Trey Lance' ability to evade, get away, make a play on the uh, either with his legs or make a play where he gets to a spot and then can throw it uh, along the lines of exactly what you mentioned with the, the Justin Fields play uh, to Pettis, and the caller mentioned it. Uh, so I, I think we don't know enough about Trey yet. I'm not going to rule out the fact that that's not part of his game, but if that's not part of his game, then that's unfortunate because that would have been a desirable part of his game to have if, if, if he does, in fact, not possess it. Well, think about when he first jumped onto the scene. It was that one play in the preseason game where he gets onto the field for the first time a year ago and he rolls left, buys time left, and then throws it back right and he hits Trent Sherfield and everybody goes nuts, including people here at 95.7 The Game. Start him right now! Because it was something that you had not been able to see because Jimmy Garoppolo does not have that in his bag. But you're right. If that's not part of what it is that he's going to bring to the quarterback position of the 49ers, then we've been sold a bill of goods here because it's, it's yes, we want to learn. We want to see him do it from the pocket because if you listen to Steve Young, he's right. I believe when Steve Young, he's like sort of E.F. Hutton. When he talks, I listen to Steve Young. There's so many analysts out there, but Steve Young usually is spot on. That if you're going to be a quarterback in this league, you got to do it from the five or the seven step, and you've got to go through your progressions. But... Should that break down, unlike Jimmy Garoppolo or unlike a good percentage of the quarterbacks in this league, he has the athleticism, or so we thought, to extend plays by getting to the outside. Now it becomes Sandlot football, and this is when he really becomes dangerous. If he doesn't have that, if that's not part of what it is that he brings to the NFL and or the 49ers as a quarterback... Well, then, you know, again, I begin to reevaluate that. If he's just going to be a, a, a pocket quarterback like that of Jimmy Garoppolo, well, then give me Jimmy Garoppolo. At least for 2022, you'd say give me, give me Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I don't think there's much doubt about it. 888-957-9570. Uh, wanted to run through something you brought up in the first hour and kind of getting back into this conversation because I, I think it's interesting. And it's the, the fact that this has, and I think it has floored people a little bit out here in the Bay, just what a big story 
that Trey Lance has has become and and Lance v Garoppolo and how long are the Niners going to give it and losing week one doesn't doesn't help matters there but along those lines uh, before we hit the airwaves here at at 10 o'clock uh Boomer and Valenti, uh, the, the one-hour show kind of previewing all the games that, that airs here on Saturdays from, from 9 until 10 during the football season, an, an Odyssey production. WFAN. Boomer Esiason, uh, uh, he, he, he said it, and I heard it, and marked it, and asked the guys to, to, to try and cut it up so we could play it. Here's what Boomer Esiason said on Trey and, and Jimmy. So, of the 0-1 teams, do you think San Francisco is under the most pressure because of the Lance issue? I would, I would say, yeah, because that is that's a Super Bowl team, man. That is a yeah. Super Bowl team, and Jimmy G took that team to the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know how healthy Jimmy G is right now, so I don't know if he's ready to go in. I know he's suited up and everything, so you would think he'd be ready to go in, but I, I would think that... A poor game this week against Seattle, you know, then the change may come. But again, I, I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to allow that. I think he's going to give a lot of easy throws to Trey Lance and then use his athleticism in their offense to, you know, to gain some yards on the ground. A poor game against Seattle and the change may come. So that's Boomer Esiason now saying that. We had Jason LaConfora, uh, longtime NFL insider, Devone. He said within the last couple of days uh, that that if the 49ers lose, they could be in line to, to make a switch, uh, which I think is, is another interesting component to this. I got the exact quote. If the Niners open 0-2, People who have worked with and for Kyle Shanahan anticipate that Garoppolo will be starting by week three, Sunday night's meeting uh, between the 49ers and the Broncos in Denver uh, against that strong Broncos defense. That uh, from from Jason Locke and Fora. Uh, we played the cut with K.J. Wright earlier. Like This has become a major, major story with everybody sharing their take and with a majority of the opinions being that the Niners at some point are going to have to go to Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, that seems to be the consensus right now. We got to let this thing breathe. I do think he's going to play better tomorrow, and I do think they beat the Seattle Seahawks convincingly, which will put all this to bed for right now. However, should that not happen, and should he be once again underwhelming and they lose, I could see a switch taking place because, again, I, I think that Kyle Shanahan lives in a vacuum and that he's not thinking about how this is going to reflect on him or think about long term. But what is it that I need that is going to give my football team the best opportunity to beat the Denver Broncos in week three? I think the big question that Boomer brought up initially is something that we don't talk enough about, and that is the health of Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not necessarily sure that he's ready to play football games right now. I could be wrong, but it seems to be sort of a gray and or a vague area in terms of whether you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has been, compl- been cleared 100% to step in there and become the starting quarterback for the 49ers. So, you know, that's obviously a hurdle that has to be crossed. But I, I think that if you're 0-2 and Trey Lance is not playing well, that you can, you're going to hear from the players that are going to blow in the ear of Kyle Shanahan, and I also think Kyle Shanahan himself is going to see the writing on the wall. Let's hear one more cut uh, from Boomer Esiason. Again, Boomer and Valenti was on here from 9 to 10 uh, on 95.7 The Game, and here was just what what he had to say about just where Trey Lance is at at this point and the Niners going up to, to get Trey Lance as they did in the 21 draft. It still amazes me. And again, John Lynch, San Francisco, they run a good operation. They gave up so much capital to move up and get him and get Trey Lance. And then I listen to you talk about him. I can't argue the things you're saying and you're going, okay, was this all based on projection? I mean, it's unbelievable. I I think everybody's hoping to get the next Patrick Mahomes. And maybe Trey Lance will be that one day. Who knows? I don't know. But he just doesn't look ready to me yet. He looks like he's playing the game with his hair on fire. He's a little bit too inaccurate for my liking right now. You can run around and make plays, but as Kyler Murray has proven, it doesn't win games. All right, so Boomer there. Little, little, little hint to maybe hadn't totally watched Trey Lance there. Because he hasn't really been running around and making plays, unless it's making plays on some of those designed runs. I don't know. Did you think he played with his hair on no, fire? I, no. I didn't. That that like to me, it was almost the opposite of that. Almost a little too. I don't want to say too calm, but 
but I think the poise and the mentals have yeah. not been have not been an issue. You're to me, right. it's just been make the damn throw when it's there. Exactly. If there's one thing that you would say that he does have is that he doesn't have happy feet, and he knows. I think JD he knows where to go with the football. I think he's good in terms of pre-snap, post-snap reads for a young quarterback. It's not all of that. It's just yeah, fundamentally, as you just said, the guy's open. Get it to him. I just think it's fundamentally the mechanics that continue to plague this kid. And it comes back to, for me, the cut that we played when we when we didn't mean to play it, but it was a good cut from Mike Martz. I do think he knows where he wants to go. I, I agree with Martz in that he doesn't totally react like quickly enough, or he's maybe thinking a little too much on where he's going to go or what the play is or what does Kyle want me to do. I, I feel like there is a half-beat slow in some of the decision making like he knows where it is he sees it and some of that is i think along the lines of just more experience the game does slow down a little bit or he processes it a little bit faster i think is probably more than the game slowing down because i don't think that's necessarily been the issue but it's just it's see it and know it and get it out and there's that half beat where i feel like things are a little bit late and he's trying to make up for it maybe with his with his with his touch or his his arm strength or, or or something like that where he's trying to cram a ball in there a little bit. Yeah, it's not instinctive yet. And I'm talking about the game. It's not, there he is, just go ahead and pull the trigger. He is thinking a little bit. And I would also add this, that I do think the talk of accuracy as much as he says, hey, I don't pay attention to that. I stay in my own world. I do think at times... He's aiming the ball. I, I think he does not want to be that guy, and it's lodged somewhere in the back of his brain. I thought when he missed Tyler Croft for that touchdown, I thought it looked like a guy that was trying to aim a football as opposed to there he is, just let a rip. And, and you're right. That happens through reps and through playing football where things just become instinctive as opposed to just playing as opposed to thinking the game, which is where he's at right now, which I think attributes to that second half second in in terms of of a delay as far as him just letting the ball go. Yeah, and he said as much after the game. He said he tried to put a little too much touch on that rather than just just winging it, just throwing it in there as a as a laser and just letting the guy go get it. So yeah, I think I think you're spot on with that evaluation and and, and he addressed it uh, in Chicago post game. 888-957-9570. We got some more cuts to get to to just illustrate everything we're talking about as far as how this thing has snowballed to a certain extent on the 49ers through one week of the season. It can change very quickly. We'll see how the Niners perform tomorrow. We got that weather report coming up as well uh, for tomorrow out at Levi's. But uh, let's get back to the phones. Filmo Mike is next here. What's up, Filmo? Hey, what's up, man? Um, it's a lot of comparisons with Trey Lance, you know. And all I want to say is, <clears throat> people don't really know what he gonna be or like what he gonna do. So like. And I hate to sound like Ray Ratto, but we have to allow him to develop. We have to allow, we have to, like, we haven't seen enough moments of what he can do. When it's two-minute drill, how do you respond? Like, we haven't seen enough sample size. You get what I'm saying? Also, uh, the running plays, I, I think Kyle needs to kind of, like, cut them out a little bit. Our line is is already kind of like not that good enough. So, like, if he does do a running play, I would do like a quarterback draw, some bootlegs maybe, maybe in the third or fourth quarter. Nothing early, though. Like, I wouldn't start the game off with him trying to run the ball or, or that be like a play. My last point is if the Seahawks are throwing the ball early, because Pete Carroll know the Niners want to stop the running the ball. If they throwing the ball on early downs, first, second downs, they may have action because they know Pete Carroll just know how to beat the Niners, and I know how to beat the Niners. That's one of the ways you beat them. Instead of running on first and second, you throw on first and second. Maybe even the third down. Y'all have a great show. Y'all killing it, man. Y'all got great chemistry. Appreciate it, Filmo. Uh, 888-957-9570. Not sure how much of it was the elements, Devone, but... 
the 13 rushing attempts for Trey Lance. And look, the Niners had success running the football. They ran for 176 yards. Now, nobody had the one breakout game, but, I mean, 54 for Trey, 52 for Debo on, what, six and a half a pop. Mitchell was getting the job done before he got hurt. I know it got less efficient with Jeff Wilson Jr.'s 22 on nine carries, and, and that created some problems down the line. But but the Niners were able to run it. I was surprised, though, 21 carries between Lance and Debo and 13 of them from Lance. I didn't think we were going to see that much of it I on just, Sunday. I don't think that's sustainable, J.D. I, I don't think you can be a quarterback in 2022 and run the ball as frequently as he does. But it's not the frequency. It's where he's running the ball. You can't live in between the tackles and not expect to get hurt. And this holds true to Josh Allen to a certain degree if he wants to try and stiff-arm guys for a living. I've always maintained this, and I said this throughout the week. Defenses will eventually catch up. Defenses will square you up at some point. You're going to get dinged. There's no way you can tell me that a quarterback wants to run in between the tackles as frequently as we have seen Trey Lance, not only this year but dating back to last year, and not get hurt the severity of the injury i have no idea which is why when you think about guys like patrick mahomes who runs when you think about russell wilson and even kyler murray again it's really judicious right they pick their spots and they do it when everything else breaks down and they break that contain and they get into the pop-up slide because they can anticipate the hit it's entirely different when russell wilson runs with a football kyler murray as opposed to what you're witnessing with that of Trey Lance, who is running quarterback draws and is going right up his guard's butt, that's a difficult way to earn a living in the NFL, I think. No, it, it really is. And, and I think that's, it, that's the part that has surprised me, I think, the most to this point because that's three starts for Trey Lance at his career. And I think you could make the case... It, it, the game against Arizona going back to last October in, in week five when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt, I, I think it was written off that the Niners were running it that much with Trey because he didn't totally know the offense yet. There wasn't a lot of confidence in his ability to throw the football. You know, at that point, it was just all relatively new. So the best chance to, to hang in that game, and in, in fairness, they did hang in that game. They lost it 17-10, to 10, was to have Trey run it a lot. Well, he got hurt in that game. By the Week 17 game against Houston, Trey was able to, yes, got off to a slow start, but he looked much more comfortable in the in the more traditional 49ers offense and throwing the football. And 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 even in the game on Sunday, uh, I, I four throws that really stood out to me. Uh, actually, five. I mean, we talked about the 44 yarder to Jennings. We talked about the dime to McLeod. The 31 yarder to Ayuk on the opening series. He he had a couple of nice third down conversions, uh, one right before he threw the interception, the other on the possession before that, uh, before they ended up punting on the on the fourth and one uh, situation, and, and the Bears ended up getting it back. So I, I, I think like he's looked more comfortable than he did going back to that game a year ago in week five, but I, I still was surprised that there was so much of that in, in the game on Sunday, and, and I have to think that part of it was maybe the elements and wanting to just do uh, some more conservative things that could prevent prevent turnovers from happening because I could see Kyle Shanahan thinking, hey, the only way we lose this game is if, if we give up broken plays or give them extra possessions and short fields because of turnovers, and it turned out the Niners wound up still doing a little bit of both. Yeah, and you, you still want an athletic quarterback, but that does not mean having to run the football again as often as he does. You'd like to see that athleticism, as we had talked about previously, by him buying time, extending plays, get to the outside, buy some more time and hit a guy down the field. It doesn't mean necessarily that you got to run for 35 yards because you're a quote-unquote athlete. 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson, Dan Devone. We got uh, a couple of more cuts and quotes coming up here, plus that weather report uh, as we roll on here on a Saturday morning on into the afternoon on 95.7 The Game.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Dan Devone. We're with you until 2 here on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game. Bob Kandata of the Seattle Times is going to join us at the top of the 12 o'clock hour. We'll talk some Seahawks point of view uh, for this 49ers-Seahawks matchup tomorrow. Uh, is there any scenario where it's okay for the 49ers to lose tomorrow to the Seahawks, Devone? Because I, I can't find one. I cannot find a single one. No. I I don't even know where you're going with that. Like what what sort of scenario would that work? <laughs> How in the world? Well, I, I didn't tell. I didn't say I had an answer. It was just it was just a question I jotted down before the show to kick around a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe as a as a conversation starter. Like I don't like. There's no no. I mean, you've already dropped one to the Bears. Is there you know is there any scenario where uh, you know the people that are saying hey patience 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 because that's really the big part of it and we're getting a lot of this in the Comcast business text line you know you got to be patient it's his first game of the season it's Trey Lance's third game yeah I hear you on that but if if you're somebody that's going to preach patience and say that Trey Lance is going to get six eight twelve seventeen games this year as long as he remains healthy. You're also you gotta accept the fact that this season could completely go off the rails in an attempt to to get him said experience and in a way not that it was his fault in Chicago on Saturday or, or last Sunday uh, completely he played a role in it just like many other areas of this football team played a played a role in it but you've already lost one game to the Bears and you can't you lose to the Bears and the Seahawks. And I mean, you think this last week there's been a lot of noise. I mean, it, look, look out at that point. Well, they were thought to be by a lot of people the worst teams in the NFL, respectively. Seattle and Chicago vying it out for the number one pick in next year's NFL draft. So, and I don't, I'm the jury's still out on how good or bad Chicago is. I still think that's a bad football team, and I, I really believe that Seattle, despite what we saw last week, is also a team that is not very good. So you definitely have to win this. I guess, you know, I could entertain a scenario that maybe if Trey Lance plays exceptionally well, really well, 
and you lose on a fluke, a bad call, or maybe it's just one of those typical Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll's dominance and its special teams and what have you, that maybe you can swallow it a little bit better. I don't know that it's, you know, it makes that much of a, in terms of easing the pain, 0-2 is 0-2, but maybe you feel a little bit better about things if Trey Lance is not responsible for the loss and to take it a step further plays really, really well. I, I just don't see that scenario where, hey, the Niners lose 34-30 and Trey Lance threw four touchdown passes and Geno Smith <laughs> carved up the the 49er defense and they put 34 up or maybe they ran a punt back or, yeah, something like that. But this this shootout, you know, Jim Kelly, Steve Young, 1992-esque <laughs> shootout or, or, or Rams Chiefs from a few years back down at the L.A. Coliseum-style shootout where Trey's just awesome and the vaunted 49er defense completely gives up a game because they can't stop Geno Smith and the Seahawks. <laughs> well, I think that to that point, you're going to see two similar offenses in terms of their design and schematically what they want to do, and that is, I think, protect both quarterbacks. Because Geno Smith, you don't want to put the ball in his hands for a couple of reasons. First of all, that's not where he lives, and that's not where Pete Carroll lives. One of the reasons why I think Pete Carroll is happy to see Russell Wilson go, so now he can get his team back. Like, I don't have to worry about anybody cooking or eating. I'll get back to the way I play football, which is put it on my defense and then run the ball, and Gino, you do just enough. And if you think about it, I think it sort of mirrors the way the 49ers, at least as of right now, what they'll put on the plate of Trey Lance. Maybe at some point, if he does develop, that you can give him more and he can do more. But as of right now, let's let the defense run the game, run the ball, hopefully, and then have your young quarterback, Trey Lance, just sort of pick his pick his parts throughout the game when he can be effective. 888-957-9570. A couple other cuts I wanted to get to as well here, Dan. Uh, and, and it just goes to, to show how everybody's got a take about what's going on, and not just locally, but nationally across the league. Uh, as far as those trying to figure out topics and things to talk about, it's it's an easy one, I think, in some of the, the, the production meetings at some of the higher levels of, of NFL Network and ESPN and, and everywhere else. It's, hey, look look where there might be a quarterback controversy. Oh, oh, the Niners kept Jimmy Garoppolo, and they have a guy that was the number three pick in the draft, and they lost their first game to a team that everybody thinks hmm. is going to stink? Like, I, that, that, that's almost it's just it, it it's too easy to, to put that at the top of of everybody's list we played a couple of cuts from boomer esiason boomer and valenti from the show that aired right before ours hit the airwaves here this morning on 95.7 the game i, I want to also hear from joe theisman we had joe theisman on yesterday i was in for dibs uh with mark willard and just add him to the ever ever lengthy list uh, of those who think we could see Jimmy Garoppolo sooner than later. Here's Theismann. When you really look at different quarterbacks around the league, I think Trey is in a, in a place where he's had a chance to play some football, but I think if San Francisco really gets in a little bit of a jam in the next couple, three weeks, Jimmy's going to wind up playing. So, I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, it really it really is incredible how many people think that the Niners, in short order, are going to to make some sort of a of a quarterback change. And we had Lock and Fora. Sean Payton said it this week. We don't have the audio of that, but Sean Payton was on uh, Colin Coward's show. And he came on and he, he mentioned seven or eight different spots where he thinks multiple quarterbacks are going to play, but San Francisco is going to be one of them uh, just flat out. I think Garoppolo will be out there at some point uh, because they've won with him in, in the past. And, and Trey Lance is so young. I mean, it's just all over the board from Martz to Theismann to Peyton to Boomer Esiason. I mean, it, it, it feels like there's more people than don't that think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get a shot at some point. Yeah, and I don't think any of that really matters because I think it's it's Kyle Shanahan who is ultimately obviously going to make that decision. But my point is that I don't think he's influenced by any of that. And I really do believe that this dude lives in a bubble. I don't think he reads this stuff, and I don't think he pays any attention. The decision will be made once again if the t- those 15 leaders, whoever they are, come into his office and or he has conversations where they're saying, listen, we need to save this season. You know, I'm I'm not here for two or three years. I'm here to win a Super Bowl this year. And Kyle Shanahan recognizes that it's time to pull the trigger. I do think he's going to give him a longer leash 
than maybe a lot of people anticipate. I just, I, I sort of feel that in a weird way. Uh, I also think that, you know, when you're talking about people from the outside trying to lend some sort of insight in all of this, that Kyle Shanahan, not like that of, remember Nathaniel Hackett after that ridiculous decision not to let Russell Wilson go for it on fourth down. And then the next day, he admits that he was wrong in his decision-making. Well, that was 24 hours after the news cycle and the NFL Network and every bozo got an opportunity to chime in. And rest assured, a guy who's in his first year as a head coach listened to a lot of that, influenced his press conference on that Monday or Tuesday. I don't think Kyle Shanahan lives in that world. If the decision is made, it's not because of what Joe Theismann said. It's not because what anybody from the outside looking in is going to have to say in terms of Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be either the players and or Kyle Shanahan or maybe John Lynch blows into his ears. But that's it. That is his circle of trust. Uh, let's get to some phone calls. I want to come back to to your definition of of longer leash because you said you think it's a longer leash than than maybe people think. Let, let's dive back into that coming up here in just a few minutes, and then uh, we'll get you the weather. Well, I keep kicking this weather report <laughs> down the line, Devone, and and there's a reason that I that I am kicking it down the line. We'll I'll, I'll fill you in on that because I think I, I I think the weather was a little overblown. In, in Chicago, uh, at least for a good chunk of the game. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that coming up here. Brian Baldinger also had uh, a take on, on the weather and how it pertains to, to Trey Lance. Should it be a little wet at, at Levi's tomorrow? So that's coming up. Uh, but let's get back to the phones, though. Drop of the hat, Matt, in San Francisco is next here on 95.7 The Game with J.D. and Devon. What's going on, Matt? Good morning, man. How you guys doing, man? Nice, nice to listen to you guys. Look. I'm, I I had my prediction against the Bears, right? And I said it was going to be the Bears. And I said the Bears going to outright win this game. Trey Lance is a real young quarterback. If you if, the, if we had to draft over and I had a mock job, Trey Lance would have went in maybe the third round at best because of the inexperience and what where he play at. And the reason why I, I got I got Seattle this week because a lot of people don't think. When you're the opposing defense or opposing team preparing for Trey Lance, you, it's, it's, it's an easier preparation than preparing for Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Jimmy Garoppolo can do the things that that he that, that that he needs to do well in Kyle Shanahan offense, and that's having accuracy and throwing the short passes to these receivers that the 49ers have, which is called they're the best receivers when it comes to yak. But you got to be accurate. You can't be off here and there. Because the defense was warming you up, so you can get like Trey Lance can get some deep passes, but he's not going to convert those third downs or the red zones. You know what I mean? He's not going to convert the red zone. Like I said, most of the most of the games that Trey Lance will play, it's going to be low scoring, and it's easier for the defense to plan for him because he had no expense. That's my take on it. Wow. Well, if that's true, and I, I think the Niners would disagree with that pretty strongly, and thanks for the call dropping hat, Matt. I, I think the Niners, part of the reason you moved to Trey Lance is because he's a more difficult quarterback to prepare for than Jimmy Garoppolo. Just the, the sheer ability to stretch the field with his arm, hit some more explosives, and also the ability to, to be live in the running game at a level that Garoppolo was not. Yeah, but to the caller's point, and you're right, J.D., but he mentioned something that, that I want to discuss with you, and that is Yak. Because the 49ers, correct me if I'm wrong, led the league in yards after the catch collectively with wide receivers a year ago. And that's one thing that Jimmy Garoppolo could do. Throw the slant, get rid of it quickly, accurate, the nice release. Trey Lance is going to have to learn to do this. And granted, it's not something he has in his bag right now. I don't know if he'll ever learn to be accurate in terms of the short or hitches or throwing out on the flat or those quick slants, but be better. Yeah, I mean that you can't. I mean he may not have it in the bag now, and I'll, I'll I apologize for jumping in there, but he better get that at some point, or he's going to have a big time problem. Yeah, because I just wanted to say that. Don't you think that that's Kyle Shanahan schematically? He, that's not by accident. He gets guys like Brandon Ayuk, who he knew in the Pac-12 with ASU, returning punts, could run after the catch. Same with Debo, a hybrid running back. His offense is designed in getting these wide receivers in space. 
so that they can do exactly what they did a year ago in leading the NFL in yards after the catch. Brandon Ayuk can get it and go. Debo Samuel might be the best in the NFL, although Cooper Cup statistically was better than anybody a year ago. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, that is... Kyle Shanahan's offense, and if you don't have a quarterback who can implement and or make these short throws to get it into space and let these guys do the rest, then that's really problematic going forward. You got you got to get better at it. That's an area that needs to be improved, I, I think, without a doubt. And how do you get better at it? Well, you get better at it by by continuing to do it and continuing to, to practice it and rep it and and also face situations where where you have to do it in games and and you're able to execute but the only way you're going to get those repeated opportunities to learn and to do it in games is if you're doing enough of the other things well and your team is winning otherwise there may be this push to go to the quarterback that that can do i've said this a lot the things that trey lance does well are things that jimmy garoppolo can't even dream really about doing well but the things that Trey Lance doesn't do well are the things that Jimmy Garoppolo does exceptionally well and I know a lot of people don't want to hear it and and a lot of people think Jimmy Garoppolo it, it brought nothing to the table and and that's just it it's wholly incorrect but but between the two of them <laughs> between the two of them you've got one of these <laughs> one of these all-time great guys or, or at least the, the skill set of an all-time great guy yeah, and, uh, listen, I, I get a lot of heat because a lot of people think I'm a Jimmy G guy. I find myself just de- defending him when he gets the lack of respect. When people blame and put everything on his plate with everything that's gone wrong with this 49er team. Now, listen, do I recognize he's a limited quarterback? Yes. But I also do at times, again, getting back to my point, that he also can be the perfect guy to execute schematically what it is that Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And that is the ball getting out quickly, on time, and accurate so that his wide receivers can do a lion's share of the work thereafter. Now, you know, Jimmy G has his shortcomings, and he is not a guy that can throw the ball as deep as Trey Lance, and he, he's not nearly the sort of athlete. And it's one of the reasons why, I think also because of the untimely interceptions, that Kyle Shanahan moved off on the veteran. But don't misinterpret that he's the reason that this team didn't uh, uh, overachieve and or win the Super Bowl or that he's been underwhelming or uh, as much as he's had to deal with as far as the naysayers is where I find myself defending him. Is he a great quarterback? No. Is he a good quarterback? Yes, in my estimation. Let's get Gene in Oakland, 888-957-9570. What's going on, Gene? Hey, fellas. Yeah, too bad we can't uh, clone the best of the two of them for to create the perfect quarterback. But <laughs> since we can't do that, uh, <laughs> you know, listen, I think a lot of this controversy is because of the confusion that's been created because of, quite frankly, uh, Lynch's and Shanahan's kind of mismanagement of the offseason has taken us to this point. Of course, bringing, bringing Jimmy G back is, is added to it. I, I thought that was a good thing they did it. But now there's all these questions about, you know, well, how long are they going to last with, uh, you know, let uh, Lance play? Uh, how how long or short is is his leash? Uh, you know, are they just going to replace him if he gets hurt or uh, if he's playing badly? Uh, you know, when when if and when he will be replaced? Anyways, so tomorrow's towards this end, you know, towards adding more clarity because I think the more clarity of where they're going, where Shanahan and Lynch are going. This year uh, is going to help diffuse a lot of the controversy. Uh, tomorrow is a pivotal game in that respect because, uh, you know, okay, if they if they win, okay, then you know you Shanahan goes out there and says uh, Trey's still our man. He's our quarterback. That's an easy call. If for some reason the unlikely uh, scenario plays out that you guys mentioned that they lose, but he plays very well. I think you still have to stay behind them, all right? Uh, but if, he, if they lose and, and Trey is instrumental in the loss, now you're facing a, a, a likely, I would say at this point, 0-3. And 0-3 teams, uh, you know, have a 3% chance of going to playoffs. Essentially, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've killed your chances at that point. So after tomorrow's game, if they, if they lose, I think Shanahan's going to have to tell us 
uh, you know, one way or the other. Are they going to are they going to put Jimmy G in there and go for the playoffs and say, you know, Lance just needs more time, more seasoning. He is only twenty two years old, or you know, uh, it's Jimmy's team because we can't uh, sacrifice. You know, going to the playoffs with a with a basically a playoff ready or maybe even Super Bowl ready team. Thanks, Gene. There is a, a tricky timeline, and I think Gene laid it out, laid it out beautifully. You win tomorrow, and there's nothing to see here. Uh, you know, it's it's on to Denver, and Trey Lance is the starting quarterback. You lose tomorrow, and and I find it hard to imagine, as I've said, a, a scenario where the Niners lose and Trey Lance is awesome. Like to me, if they lose, Trey Lance will be a part of the reason why the 49ers lose to the to the Seattle Seahawks. And at that point, I mean, one of the questions in the postgame press conference will be, did you think about going to Jimmy and are, is, are you committed to Trey for, for Sunday night in Denver a, a week from tonight, Kyle? I mean, that, that absolutely is and will be on point. And, and there's a fine line, Dan, because at the point in which you deem your season over, <laughs> you, you want all of the time to go to Trey as far as his development. But you also don't want, if you feel like you have Jimmy Garoppolo as a safety valve, to let it get to the point where your season is over because you still have playoff and potentially Super Bowl aspirations. So that's where I don't see this scenario where the 49ers are just going to let Trey Lance struggle and let this team lose into the middle of the year. Like To me, it, it may not be two weeks, but if this team's two and four or something like that, I, I think there's probably more likely to be a change before they're two and four than actually letting it get to that point where they are two and four, and then you got to play the middle chunk of the schedule with somebody else. You want to get this thing back on track as quickly as you possibly can. Well, let me ask you this, JD. Where are you at? Because there seems to be two schools of thought. Now, I gave you the example of Tua Tungavaloa who struggled, and Fitzpatrick came in, and it wasn't the end of the world. Because Tua got his job back, and you know he's still the starting quarterback and still developing for Miami. But there's also people who swear that, listen, if you take this young quarterback, Trey Lance, out after game two or game three or early on in the season, you can't put him back in. You've done too much to his psyche. There's no going back to Trey Lance, where I, I, I find that ridiculous. But if you make the switch, is it now Jimmy or Bust? Or could you see a scenario where Trey Lance retains his job as a starting quarterback of the 49ers? No, he could absolutely retain it. It it and it does it does not and would not close the book on Trey Lance for 2022 completely, and it sure as hell would not close the book on Trey Lance's career or dictate him being a bust. It just means, hey, this season is off the rails a little bit. And I need to go to Jimmy Garoppolo to try to get things back on track. We're going to ride this out. And look, if Jimmy can't get it done at that point, and it does get to the point where you start to look where the Niners were last year, maybe a game away from trying to, to, to go into more developmental mode, I think Kyle Shanahan ad admitted that if they didn't, you know, when they were three and five and they beat the Rams, that if they had lost that game, it was probably going to be three and six and, and Trey time. Because at that point, it would have been about the future because you're in essence tapping out on, on this season. If you go to Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, you would be giving Jimmy Garoppolo every opportunity to get your season on track and to try to make a run. But at that point, if you wind up out of the race in the middle of the year, you owe it to your the future and to Trey Lance to, to go to the young guy. You know, it's like the, the team in September that's out of it in the days where you had all the, the, the MLB call-ups in September. I know the rosters are limited now or it's not the full 40, but yeah, if you're out of it, you, you let the young guys come back and play. So I, I think that scenario would be in play. I think a scenario where Jimmy plays and gets hurt and you go back to Trey and maybe there's a little less pressure on him at that point because the expectations have been tamped down and he could get back out there and, and make some things happen. I, I think that that's on the board at this point in time. I don't think it's it's Kyle Shanahan's first, second, or third choice as to how he would want to do it, but it's it's definitely in play. Yeah, and I think it changes really the complexion of Trey Lance going forward and the relationship between the two. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo comes in at any point, and it's not because of an injured Trey Lance, it's just simply because of inferior play, 
and Jimmy Garoppolo plays well and maybe comes out because Kyle Shanahan feels it's time to get back to Trey or the matchup is favorable for Trey or he feels safe and comfortable getting back to his young quarterback, much like that of what Brian Flores did with Tua a couple of years back in Fitzpatrick. I do think that whenever Trey Lance comes back into a football game, should Jimmy Garoppolo see the field in replacing him, you think the pressure's on the young man. Now it's going to get ratcheted up X5. Should he overthrow a guy? Should he go a couple of series and be underwhelming? The chance for Jimmy G will be there. But again, I'm assuming that Kyle Shanahan envisioned all of this because it's unfolding into sort of a worst-case scenario because I don't think that this is what he wanted to deal with throughout the season. But that... All of this could be coming to fruition should he not play well and beat Seattle coming up tomorrow. Let's sneak Paul at San Jose in here before the top of the hour. Bob Condotta is going to join us. Uh, we'll talk some Seahawks Niners from the Seahawks point of view, but I want to sneak in Paul here uh, before we pause. What's up, Paul? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to say what everybody's afraid to say. I'm going to rip the bandit off. Through three starts, Trey Lance's mechanics are wonky, all right? But that's not a terrible thing because this is why I'm so excited to see him play. I want to see him progress. I want to see him get better as a QB. And that can only be done through playtime, through playing, you know. Um, because, you know, by the end of this season, his second season, I want to be able to be sure that this is our franchise QB. Uh, what do you guys think? Because yep. look, I want to ask you, Paul, Lamar, I want to ask you a question on that before I let you go, Paul. And, and we're up against it, but uh, but it's a simple question. Are you comfortable with... Give Trey the full 17 games, and if that means you go 7-10 and 10 and you don't make the playoffs this year, but you're better set up for next year, that's, that's worth it. I am comfortable with that because you know why? Because we will have definitive answer whether we have a QB or not because it doesn't matter if you have a good team. If you do not have a QB, it's moot. It's a moot point. So why not learn if you have a QB or not? What do you guys think? Good, good call, Paul. We'll react to that coming up top of the hour. I think, I think that's the category, Devon. I'll give you a quick shot here. I know we're up against it, but if 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 you are somebody that says Trey has to play no matter what, then you have to also accept the fact that this season may be woefully short of the expectations that were set just two weeks ago. Tough pill to swallow if you're a Niner fan. I don't think not making the playoffs for a team that has a roster to do so so that you can solely develop a quarterback, tough, tough pill to swallow. And I feel like we're already having the potential to go down that road because why? They lost a game to the Chicago Bears. You can't lose to the Bears and the Seahawks first two weeks of the season. David and Sean hold the board. Uh, 888-957-9570. We're halfway through here on a Saturday. J.D. and Devone, 95-7 the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 